Hi everyone, welcome to Oscar Wild, a podcast about film always counting down to this year's Oscars. I'm Nick Rookrout. And I'm Sophia Simonello. And today we have another installment of our Contender series. This time we'll be talking about five categories. We have live action short, documentary short, documentary feature, sound, and film editing. We are in the home stretch. We've been talking about these movies for so long, I feel like, and we are definitely ready, I think, to put this Oscar season behind us, but also I think it'll be fun to talk about some of these categories today that don't always get a lot of attention when we're thinking of the awards race. So I'm especially, I think, excited to dig into some of these shorts, which are always an experience. So Mm -hmm. let's just start out with live action short. Our nominees here, we have Alakachu, Take and Run, The Dress, The Long Goodbye, On My Mind, and Please Hold. Did you see these in a theater or did you watch them at home? I saw these in a theater and then I had watched the documentaries and the animated at home because most of them Mm -hmm. were available for streaming and I just wanted to sit on my couch and watch them and not have to like sit Mm -hmm. through and I saw people on Twitter were like, has anybody gone to the theater do they know if they're playing additional shorts? And I was like, we're doing these five, and mm-hmm. that's all we're doing. <laughs> I saw these in a theater, too, and it's so funny you mentioned that because I was so drained by this group by the end that I don't even know if they played extra shorts. I The second Alakachu ended, the last one, I was out of there. I was like, goodbye. Yeah. I left during the credits. People were like still sitting in their seats, too, and I was mm-hmm. like, I'm just not going to find out if there are more because... <laughs> They're not nominated, and that's okay. Yeah, people were waiting, and I was like, wait, we can leave. Why is no one leaving? (laughs) But I didn't want to be the first person. Mm -hmm. This was definitely the most morbid group. My mom actually saw them with her friend, and I was like, one, why are you going to see the live-action shorts? She was like, they are so depressing. Mm -hmm. But I saw them. They weren't as bad as I was expecting. Some of them are very hard watches, but as a whole, I felt like they could have gone deeper, Maybe not darker, Mm -hmm. but like in Please Hold, I felt like it was pretty surface level on what it was trying to achieve. And we kind of texted about this, but it felt very similar to last year's winner, Two Distant Strangers. How do you feel about the group as a whole or any certain moments you really liked? I'll echo you on Please Hold. I also just, it felt like a Black Mirror episode, just like a really short Mm -hmm. one. And I thought like, okay this is something maybe the Academy will like. They do like these shorts to be flashier sometimes or about social issues like we saw with Two Distant Strangers. No matter how successful or not, they proved to be. The others in the group, I wasn't that hot on. I only had one short that I really liked, and that is who I think should win, and that is Alakachu. In the program itself, that was the final short. So by that point, I was just kind of drained and ready to get out of there, just being honest here. But this short was really gripping. I thought that the characters were fascinating. It was about an issue that I really had never seen a film about before and hadn't really thought of. And I thought that it was really well paced. So it's about this woman who... Her name is Sazim, and she's just kidnapped one day. She dreams of going to college and kind of getting away from her family, who's like very, very traditional. And she's kidnapped by this group of young men and forced into marriage. And it is so 
harrowing. I felt like I was going to throw up this entire time, um, but I was very much on this character's side and excited to see her journey. So this was definitely my favorite of the bunch. And if I had to pick one who I would want to win or one to recommend, it would be this one. I totally agree. This was my favorite. It felt like the only fully formed short. It was on the longer side compared to most of them as well. But I love the story. Very hard to watch. But as you're watching, you're also learning these values of these people in Kyrgyzstan. And it's just like a 180 from, I think, Western society. So to see these older women in this short being like, you'll get over it. The tears will dry. It's harrowing. Like to think that this has happened for years and years and you just feel for this young girl so badly like you want her to go to college you want her to succeed and have her own life and oof do you think this one's gonna win i think so i would also say this should win the only other one to me would be the long goodbye notably riz ahmed he's the big star of this one and the ending to me i don't know it was like a little too on the nose but like i get what they were doing i mean he's great obviously and right. as like last year's best actor nominee, this could really like light up Academy voters' eyes. I totally agree. I well, I hope Alakachu wins. I feel like the long goodbye is what I'm going with for my prediction right now. Because of the star power of Riz Ahmed there, he's actually using this short to promote his music, which I find very bizarre. Um, just not what I was expecting when I was researching this. I mm-hmm. saw that that's the name of his album, so hmm. or his EP. So I was really curious about that. But also, if you name a movie The Long Goodbye, which is a great Robert Altman movie, I'm automatically destined to hold it to a really high standard and be hard on it. So I think that's what happened with this one too and why I didn't like it as much. But it would probably be probably my second favorite of the group. Mm -hmm. The others are tough. I'll just say that. Especially the dress. Oh boy. We can just leave that there. (laughs) (laughs) No comment. Next category. On to best documentary short. Our nominees here, we have Audible, Lead Me Home, The Queen of Basketball, Three Songs for Benazir, and When We Were Bullies. Three of these are on Netflix, Audible, Lead Me Home, and Three Songs. The Queen of Basketball is a New York Times feature, just like Colette was last year. And it's also one that hits similar emotional responses. Like with Colette, you're traveling back with this older woman, and this is also a piece about a woman who trailblazed in basketball as a black woman before the WNBA was a thing. Like I didn't know that 50 years Mm -hmm. ago, there was no WNBA. So it was a good learning tool. It really hits home seeing her in these close-ups the entire time. Did I love that? Not the whole time, but like I get what they were trying to do and they turn it onto mental health at the end. So I think this is like very much a crowd pleaser, something the Academy would go for. I agree. It's a really watchable short. And while it's not my favorite of the bunch, I still enjoyed watching it and enjoyed learning about this woman, um, Lucy Harris Stewart. I think like anytime you're learning about someone who is a pioneer in a particular field, that's something that the Academy really likes. It's a short that's very easy to consume. And you do really like this woman as you're kind of going through everything that she's sharing with you. My favorite short and what I think should win is 
Audible. This is one of the Netflix ones. Mm -hmm. It's this like coming of age documentary short, and it's all about a student athlete, football player named Amari, who goes to the Maryland School for the Deaf high school. And it's just all about he and his friends in their senior year. One of their friends and teammates dies by suicide. And it's kind of about their journey with that and just everything that they experience as deaf people, like going into a world where people don't have that experience, people can hear. So I thought that that was another really eye-opening short and one that um, was definitely a good watch. We are thinking the same things today. I also really liked Audible. I think this should win. I was like tearing up as I do watching this on the train. I really liked Amari's story and like hearing about the players, the coaches talking about how they play and using the drum as like a cadence for the cheerleaders and how they use their other senses to play. I think it kind of just reprogrammed my brain to thinking, you know, how different things are for people who feel like life is balanced against them, but they kind of take that by the horns and use that to their advantage. So I thought it was like a very uplifting underdog story and watching this team. I mean, you just, you want them to succeed as seniors, Mm -hmm their last football game. So I love that they like had this very Friday Night Lights energy. But I do think the Queen of Basketball will win. I agree. I think the Queen of Basketball will win too. And it wouldn't be a bad winner by any means. It would still be a good winner in the category. Yeah, I just think kind of for all the reasons that you mentioned earlier, it feeling more like Colette, having like one woman go through her story. And I think that a lot of Academy members will connect with it and it is maybe besides audible the easiest one in the group to watch Mm -hmm. lord help us if it's when we were bullies (laughs) anyway (laughs) i feel the same way i do not need to hear about a group of bullies and how they traumatized this guy who obviously didn't want to be in the short (laughs) yeah i i have a lot of questions that will not get answered today Next category we have is Best Documentary Feature. Our precursors here, we have the Cinema Eye Honors, where Flea won their best film and animation, Summer of Soul won editing, and Ascension won cinematography, score, and debut film. Our nominees here, we have Ascension, Attica, Flea, Summer of Soul, and Writing with Fire. So we really tried (laughs) to see (laughs) Writing with Fire, but... It is just not available anywhere, and we had missed it at festivals, and there was a link that went around for film independent members, and by the time I clicked on it, too many people had watched it, so I'm just not meant to see this movie right away. (laughs) So we'll just share a description here, and then when we go through our should win and will win, we have that caveat here of we have not seen Riding with Fire yet. But the description, in a cluttered news landscape dominated by men, emerges India's only newspaper run by Dalit women. Chief reporter Mira and her journalists break traditions, redefining what it means to be powerful. I'm very excited to see this. It sounds great. Mm -hmm. I just keep kicking myself because this was available for the Sundance Winners Day when I had seen, I think it was like eight movies that day. And this was my next movie to watch. And it was at the end between Hive and Writing with Fire, and I chose Hive. 
Mm. And I was like, dang it, I also should have just watched this. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I watched like CryptoZoo, all of those, but I missed this, which is a shame. <laughs> but we will get to it. How do you feel about this group of nominees as a whole? I think this is a great group. I'm actually really positive on the four that I have seen. Uh-huh. We've talked about Flea before. I think its documentary aspect is my favorite, but I do really like Summer of Soul. It starts out so electric and it sustains itself the entire time. The editing is good. So all of those people trying to predict it and editing, like one, you're crazy, but two, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) So seeing this footage, seeing all of these people, not knowing anything about this, like an event that was in Manhattan and hundreds of thousands of people were there, like that is crazy. And that should be something important to note and to remember. I mean, all of these artists, huge names, amazing songs, and seeing them performed live, I think was really, really special. The others, I think Ascension is, you know, as winning debut film, I think that is pretty impressive. Learning about Chinese society is like, again, kind of like Ala Kachu, like just very different from the West. Mm-hmm. And then with Attica, a horrible tragedy. Very hard to watch, but I think also very enlightening too. And Mm -hmm. talking about like police presence and political motivations, it's like so infuriating to watch, but I think a really interesting and important concept as well. I agree. I really liked Attica. I mean, it's hard to say like I liked Attica because it is so brutal and it's hard to watch, but it is a really, really important documentary, I think, just to, I think, relearn what happened at the 1971 Attica uprising. It does have a lot of archival footage, which is very painful, but a lot of interviews too with people who were inmates, which was very interesting to me. And also Stanley Nelson won the DGA last night for documentary for Attica, which was a bit of a surprise. I think people Hmm. thought that Questlove would win for Summer of Soul, but Hmm. he won for Attica. So just to keep that on your radar... I would say, though, out of this group, if I could pick another contender to be here for my write-in vote, I would pick The Velvet Underground, the music documentary about the band by Todd Haynes. It was my favorite music documentary of the year, and I feel like people should watch it. If you haven't yet, it's on Apple TV+. Plus. It does have that Todd Haynes stamp on it. He's just a great filmmaker, and the way that he captures this band and their place in 60s New York and everything about Lou Reed and Andy Warhol and Nico. It's fascinating stuff. Mm-hmm. So I would recommend that one too. My write-in vote is not from the shortlist. I haven't seen the Velvet Underground either, but I am going to put in Assassins. I hadn't seen as many documentaries as I did last year. I felt like there were so many and so many good ones last year, but I just watched Assassins, loved the story, just crazy thinking about this internal North Korean plot to kill Kim Jong-il's half-brother via these two women who were hired by these people unknowingly to film prank videos. It is fascinating to watch and to see all this go down and then there are like a couple twists in there. I would recommend this and it's a fun watch. It's on Canopy right now. I haven't seen that, so I have to check it out. The way you're describing it, I'm like, I need to see this. This sounds Mm -hmm. really great. 
And you already mentioned that Flea is your movie that you think should win. I agree with you. My God, we are fully on the same page. I think we're just like <laughs> sharing a brain after all of these episodes. But Flea, I I love the documentary aspect. The way that they made this documentary is so creative. And it's talking about an issue like we always get with these documentaries that are nominated, but also making it more personal and more individual about the story of Amin. And yeah, I think Flea should win somewhere. And this is the place where I'll choose that. Yeah, disregard all of our not expecting Flea to get its three nominations yeah. before the season. <laughs> and now we're like, give it the Oscar. It deserves it. And yeah, we're like, it does, though. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, when animated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Flea is one I would return to in the future which I don't say for many of these nominees. And then who do you think will win? I think Summer of Soul will win. I think it's just been collecting prizes all season. People are really connecting with Questlove and his documentary. And I think it'll be a good winner, too. I think that its editing is really strong. And it's exciting that Questlove will have an Oscar. Yeah, to think he kind of took Sundance by storm last year, won Mm -hmm. this, has been winning so many prizes. Like, good for him, and he's a musician turned director. I think that's a great feat, too. Mm-hmm. Next up is Best Sound. Our guilds here, we have the Motion Picture Sound Editors, which are the Golden Reel Awards. That ceremony is tonight as of recording. And then also the Cinema Audio Society, which is on March 19th. Our nominees here, first we have Belfast. Here we have Denise Yard, Simon Chase, and James Mather, who are all first-time nominees, and then also Niv Adiri, who previously won for Gravity. Next nominee is Dune. Mac Ruth has four nominations. Mark Mangini, one for Mad Max. Theo Green has two nominations. Doug Hempville, who won for Last of the Mohicans, and Ron Bartlett, who has three nominations. Next nominee, No Time to Die. Simon Hayes, one for Les Miserables. Oliver Tarney has five nominations. James Harrison, this is his first nomination. Paul Massey, who won for Bohemian Rhapsody. And Mark Taylor, who won for 1917. The Power of the Dog, we have Richard Flynn and Tara Webb, who are first-time nominees. And then Robert McKenzie, who won for Hacksaw Ridge. And last but not least, we have West Side Story. Todd A. Matland has five nominations. Gary Rydstrom won seven Oscars. Holy crap. Brian Chumney is a first-time nominee. Andy Nelson has two Oscars, and Sean Murphy won for Jurassic Park. That's crazy. <laughs> like, wow, what? That team is insane. I love that we have a mix here for a lot of first-time nominees, which is always exciting to see. But then, like, some people who have some serious resumes here, like the West Side Story team. That, I mean, that's insane. Mm -hmm. Multiple, right? We have 10 combined wins in the category already. That's nuts. (laughs) So we talk about this quite often, but they merge sound editing and sound mixing into one category, best sound. So we do get, I think, more nominees here um, than we previously did each category. So it's good seeing, I think, the whole team recognized in this way, but also I do kind of miss having the two sound categories. (laughs) <laughs> but before we get into the nominees, who would your write and vote be? My write and vote, we've mentioned this before, it's Memoria. 
the movie starts out and there's a sound element that just rattles you to the bone. And there's also a scene that I really love where they're playing with sounds and trying to mimic this sound that Tilda Swinton's character has heard in a dream. And that whole process, like learning how these sound designers function was so, so fascinating. I really loved that. And it's a shame that it wasn't on the short list. Who would your write and vote be? Mine's also for Memoria. Like this is an immersive sound experience. Like you go for this movie for, I mean, I went to this movie for Tilda Swinton, obviously, like love her and everything she's in, but the sound design is really what blows you away. The entire movie is all about sound. And I'm happy that, you know, Neon has released more dates for this limited release roadshow style <laughs> rollout. So I'm very excited for people to go see it. Mm-hmm. Um, another great Vera's ethical film. So who do you think should win? Oh, my God. I mean, in a very predictable fashion here, I'm going for the power of the dog. <laughs> um, <laughs> Shocker. Shocking. I, I know. And your answer is going to be shocking, too. So... <laughs> Don't hold your breath, everyone. Um, The power of the dog, though, I just think that the way that the sound team captures the contrast of these intimate interior worlds with the wide, expansive Montana landscape is fascinating. I remember when I first saw this movie being just like floored by how they captured just like the sounds of Phil's boots and the heaviness of that or the knife slicing through the hide to make the rope Um, stuff like that I just love Mm. I think the sound design is really cool but overall I think this is a really strong group I would be happy with almost any of these winning I think that the West Side Story sound is phenomenal just with all of that music and capturing New York and all of its sounds that would probably be I don't even know if I can pick a runner-up. Dune is obviously strong, and I'll let you talk about that one, since that's your favorite. But yeah, No Time to Die in Belfast, strong nominees as well here. So I think this is a really good group. Yeah, it's no surprise, once again, that I think Dune should win. I (laughs) need it to win as much as it can. (laughs) The sound design, it's so immersive, kind of like Memoria, but even sooner. Like the movie starts, there's a black screen and there's this huge just like bong and you're like, what is happening? So the sound is started before you even see the Warner Brothers logo and then the score starts. So it's like getting you going right away. And I love that. I love when Mm -hmm. movies use those opening sequences to start sound because I also hate when they're silent and people are talking. I'm like, shut up. Yeah. Yeah. That's a like, problem. Yeah, it's, it's a production company, but like the movie has started people. Let's pay attention. It's almost like Denis knew that people would be excited for this movie and that <laughs> like people can't quite be trusted yet in movie theaters again. So mm. he just cranked up the noise. And I will remind you of my favorite <laughs> story from New York Film Festival when Denis went to check the sound during the premiere of Dune and he told the person that they should turn it up a little bit. So uh, very love cool. Love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel bad watching this at home now because it is such a loud movie and I feel like bad for my neighbors. I'm like turning it down, but also it's so good. Well, how many times do you watch it? How many times do they have to hear it? That's the question. (laughs) I think I watched it twice at home. I'm watching it again with a friend who hasn't seen it yet. I was like, come on over. Let's do it again. (laughs) 
<laughs> but yeah, the opening statement of dreams are a message from the deep as that like guttural sound. Dreams are such an important part of this movie. They really know when to use silence, score, diegetic, or naturalistic sounds, and they move between them so fluidly. And I think that's why this world is so immersive. Mm-hmm. And like, yes, that is the sound designer's job, but it's used so effectively that it makes every moment seem even bigger than at least what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. So you get this world, but you can hear like the tiny sand pellets and the spice like floating through the air or the hum of the shields or how the ornithopters they use like beetle wings to mimic that sound the thumpers they had placed certain things like below the sand at like a good depth so it like feels like everything is actually reverberating and then the voice obviously there was so much design to that sound and like what they wanted it to sound like having that old voice but also that like high-pitched part of it as well that was the part that I was most nervous about because I had read the book I was like what is this gonna sound like Mm -hmm. because when you read like you have something in your head and I was very happy with this okay rant over I think I might change my shed when to dune because I do remember (laughs) like the the experience being like the sound was very cool and getting all those sounds right is a challenge. I mean, you're creating an entirely new world. So I'll change my answer. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I think what's special about Dune is that like when you're thinking of movies this big, my mind immediately goes to Nolan. And I don't necessarily love the sound design in those movies. I think these are mm-hmm. like things are so brash and overly loud that you lose certain elements. But in Dune, every element is clear or the level that it should be and nothing gets lost and that's why I really love it yeah we don't have the tenant sound mixing issues here (laughs) (laughs) where you literally can't hear a character speaking and you need subtitles anyway do you think Dune will win will you be happy with this category I think this is a sure win for Dune and I'm very very happy about that yeah Mm -hmm. I agree I think Dune's going to win here this feels like it's easiest One of its easiest categories, besides, I would say, visual effects. Sound feels like it's going to happen. And just one thing on No Time to Die, I do like this being here. One little fact that I liked reading was that for the sound designer and Corey, they really hate when they see a scene in a nightclub and people are like whispering to each other as if you could hear them speaking. So when they recorded nightclub scenes, they actually played loud music for a minute before they started filming so that the actors would know like what level their voices should be at and then they recorded this thumper track lol dune um (laughs) during the scenes so that that would be edited out in post but also would cue the actors for how they should be speaking during these scenes and what would look believable in a movie so I do like that. They used a thousand different tracks of sound effects and Foley recordings, which is insane. Like, yes, we edit this podcast, but like, oh my God, Mm -hmm. (laughs) crazy. Wow, that's crazy. (laughs) Okay, time for our final category, best film editing. Our guild here, we have the Ace Eddies, where King Richard upset, 
I would say, in drama. Mm-hmm. Tick, Tick, Boom won for comedy or musical. Encanto won for animated. And Summer of Soul won for documentary. Our nominees here, we have Don't Look Up. This is Hank Corwin's third nomination. Dune, which is Joe Walker's third nomination. King Richard, which is Pamela Martin's second nomination. The Power of the Dog, which is Peter Skibaris's first nomination. And Tick, Tick, Boom, where we have a team here. Myron Kirstein, it's his first nomination. And Andrew Weissblum, Andrew Weissblum, it's his second nomination. He was nominated previously for Black Swan. What's cool here, I think, is that we do have a team where we haven't had any winners yet. These are all people who are vying for their first win. What do you think of this as a group? I do like this as a group, and I love the Tick, Tick, Boom appearance. Reading about how these editors worked with Lin-Manuel Miranda as if they were writing a score, like playing with tension and tempo is very much what editing is. So I think translating that into Lin's world of music was really interesting to read about and what they found was like the hardest aspect was cueing the audience and how a musical functions because I think that could be the scariest element to going into a musical like is this going to be too much how much singing are we getting so like starting the movie with 3090 and this like documentary type footage and then also letting them know like hey Jonathan Larson wrote Rent and letting the audiences know about him as a person like they were juggling so many things and that ended up working for me and we've talked about the editing in Dune before a little bit but I think the other notable appearance here is King Richard and Pamela Martin are one female nominee here her filmography is interesting so she was previously nominated for The Fighter so she talked about in interviews bringing this sports element out and how Sports movies may be edited differently than normal movies, I guess. During tennis matches, they just had the camera running because she knew that like in there, they would find certain shots or sequences that would really play well later on or that they could edit in later on. And there is a lot of editing here, but I think it works really well. You get that in sports movies. We've said this before, but I really like that King Richard showed up here. I did too. And I've mentioned this before, but it's always good to see a woman in the category, another like very male dominated category. A lot of the tech fields are. I thought her work was just fantastic. Like capturing the back and forth of a tennis match is really tricky. And I also felt that King Richard, for me at least, like didn't drag. It has a pretty long runtime, but it moves along at a nice pace, which I appreciate. I think that a lot of editing really is about pacing and figuring that out. And I was upset a little bit that Don't Look Up showed up here because it is just not my not my style of editing. It's just a lot. It's over the top. It's trying to be like very, very flashy with TikTok and Instagram stories and emojis mm. popping out and just all of this B-roll that the footage, the money from that alone could have saved the planet. Um, I have, I have a lot of trouble with that one, but otherwise I like this group shocked to not see West Side Story. I mean, that's like craziness Mm -hmm. still to me that Michael Kahn wasn't nominated here. Oh yeah. And film editing as a category is very crucial. At least when you're looking for best picture, we kind of talk about this later on with Eric on our next contenders episode, when we talk about that and like what categories you need to have to 
potentially win Best Picture, and film editing is definitely one of those categories. So for West Side Story not to be here, one, the editing is great, but two, it does really hurt its chances at winning picture. What would your write-in vote be? My write-in vote would be for... So I'm I'm so torn on what to do here because there are a lot of options, I think. But I would go for... I'm going to mix it up because I haven't given this movie a write-in vote yet. And I would give it to West Side Story. I feel like the editing here was very creative. It moves along beautifully. And I am shocked still that this couldn't pull off an editing nomination. Well, since you're picking the Critics' Choice winner... I will go and pick the BAFTA winner and say No Time to Die. I think both of these movies that we've chosen showcase editing in very different ways. I think No Time to Die, being an action movie, you expect a lot of editing. You have a lot of action sequences, and it really pulls it off. And I think being the longest Bond film, sustaining that runtime, there weren't any lags. It had great pacing. All of those sequences were shot really well and just trying to start some more chaos. So I really have no idea where this category is going since there's no consensus with Dune. But before we get to who we think will win, who do you think should win? I think that the power of the dog should win because I think that it takes a really strong editor to really keep that story going and balance the stillness with the tension and I love how it's broken up into these chapters and I like how it starts as this slow burn and then it feels like something that just can't stop you have no control over it anymore and you're just kind of consumed by what's happening in front of you and I think that's the work of a great editor and we talk about the editing and the sound pair and I love the sound work in the film too so I would pick I would pick it here what about you I'm going to go with King Richard, which has some similarities to No Time to Die. All of those tennis sports sequences that we talked about earlier apply here. And that's why I really love the movie. Even if you know nothing about tennis, you're immediately and deeply hooked with what is happening with this family. Even though you know how it's going to end, seeing the pathway to Venus and Serena and this family rising. I think the editing had a really big part in keeping that energy going. I think that's a good pick. I think it's time to try to make sense of all of this (laughs) because we have so much clashing information, I think, here. So for who we think will win, just some precursor stuff, because we just got BAFTA. I'm not really paying attention to Critics' Choice because there's no overlap with the Oscars with that voting body. So we're just not going to pay attention to that. We can't really anyway because West Side Story (laughs) won and they're not even nominated. So, But today at the BAFTAs, No Time to Die won, also Mm -hmm. not nominated at the Oscars. And then we have at the Guilds, Tick, Tick, Boom and King Richard won. So we're kind (laughs) of just like shrugging a little bit here. It's like, where are they going to go? What can they really choose? I am going with Dune because at the end of the day, Dune, I think, is going to win sound and I'm trusting the sound editing combo. What about you? I think that's safe and that's smart. Dune is this huge technical feat and I had been expecting it to just kind of sweep the season with a lot of these categories and it hasn't. 
it hasn't shown up anywhere for editing and that is a big red flag for me yeah i mean you're right (laughs) so okay if we have a split year then Mm -hmm. you know let's say dune gets sound or something like west side story gets sound what's getting editing i think dune is getting sound i think that has a better chance if king richard wins here its only other very likely win is going to be will smith for actor said it yeah will smith for actor it could get editing it could get song i think billy eilish is probably going to get song mm-hmm. but beyonce is possible there that's it i mean that could be a way for these people to be like hey let's award it something else because we do really like it and dune is already winning some of these other technical awards so i think i'm gonna say king richard right now in who i think will win wow I do think that makes sense because I think King Richard is the number two for best picture right now. Belfast, (laughs) Bell flopped on Brana's home turf. So I like King Richard won just as many BAFTAs as Belfast. And we don't really have any other precursors going forward. So I don't know Mm -mm. how my mind is going to change in the next two weeks after this. this, But yeah. We'll see how we feel in another week or so and if we're going to change, but I'll stick with King Richard for now. I think having potentially a female editor and cinematographer winning would be an incredible year, let alone director. Again, second year in a row. I think having three would be phenomenal. And I have no idea if that's what's behind any of the King Richard win, but I have faith. Yeah. You never know. Well, we'll see. We are getting so close to the Oscars. Next time on Oscar Wilde, we will have our final installment in the Oscar Contender series. Before we get to our final predictions, we were joined by Eric Anderson, and we recorded this episode before we knew like anything with Critics' Choice, BAFTA, or DGA, <laughs> which is such a funny time capsule. You can see if all of our theories hold up and anything like that. But it was great to have him on He always gives great insight into the race, and we had a lot Mm -hmm. of fun. So I'm excited to share that episode with all of you. Yeah, it was great having Eric on. You can check him out on Awards Watch, and feel free to rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at OscarWildPod. Thank you so much for everyone for listening, and we will see you next week. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye.